Oh, that's, that's good. Last week, Maya, you said bet, and uh, mm-hmm. and Mary Lynn was like, what did Maya say? And I said bet, and she's like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's a new word, you know. It's a new word for uh, for us old it's people. It's like you bet, like... Uh, like Yeah, you bet, like 100%, yeah. like absolutely. Well, it could be on it, but it could also be like retweet, or it could be like, mm-hmm. for sure, this is going to happen. It's an affirmation. I love that you just used the word affirmation to describe it. That makes yeah, me very happy. <laughs> that that is indeed what it is. <laughs> I know. I love it. Uh, okay. Interjection. Bet. Interjection. English. <laughs> Derivative of you bet. An old English colloquialism. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister at St. Paul's Episcopal Cathedral. I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we are back for this next week of faith discussions and personal reflections that we hope you're having uh, for the week of August 25th, which is, liturgically speaking, proper 16 in year C, Luke's gospel year. Uh, So here we are again uh, to continue through Luke's gospel. Uh, How are you you guys doing, Maya and Charlotte? What's going on in your lives? How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling pretty excited and a smidge overwhelmed. <laughs> okay, okay, that's good. That's good. Um, it, so this week I moved my daughter back to college, my youngest back to college for her sophomore year and into her own apartment, and she's super ready, and I'm excited for her, but it's a big step, and so parentally a little overwhelmed on that. And then I drove back that night for the first day of school the following morning here at Christchurch Day School in Coronado, which it's really exciting to have all the kids back on campus and learning the ropes and whatnot, but just really getting geared up for the program year and so happy to welcome them back. It's a lot, yeah. but it's really good. Yeah. Awesome. I started my sophomore year of college as well. And well, I guess it's my sophomore year. I don't know. Technically, units wise, I guess it is. Um, and it's been going well. I started on Monday. Professors seem chill, work less so, but so it goes. But I'm well. Great. I like school. That's great. I like school too. I, I very often wish I was still in some kind of school. Um, David, I got something of yours in the mail today, yeah. this week. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot what is to that, say David? that last week. <laughs> that my, I know. My book, my book came out. I wrote a book. And it came yeah, out. he did. It's based on uh, some work I did in seminary, but it's based on my own story of addiction and recovery and then my own theological reflection on that process, uh, as well as some biblical interpretation. A lot of the stuff that we do on the show, actually, but just me writing about uh, addiction and, and spirituality. Uh, it's called The Beautiful Letdown, An Addict's Theology of Addiction. The Beautiful Letdown is also an album and song by the band Switchfoot from the early 2000s. So don't, don't I mean, go ahead and buy that. Um, <laughs> but make sure you buy it. <laughs> if you want to read it, you're going to have to buy the book 
copy, which has my name on the cover of it, so you'll know that it's mine and not Switchfoot's. Though I, I did, I do love Switchfoot. Should do a, col- a collab. I wish I could. I would love to do a collab with Switchfoot. Yeah, you can. You can get it on Amazon, and you can get it on Kindle soon in the next couple of weeks. Um, you can buy it on like BarnesandNoble.com and uh, Whipfenstock, which is the publish the publisher. You can buy it on their website too. Uh, yeah, so I I would love to if you all read it and rated it on Amazon, but also I want to hear about it. Like that's why I wrote it. I wrote it so we could have conversations about addiction and like suffering and challenging things in our lives. Um, and so I would love to hear uh, from anybody that would like to have a comment or has a question about the book. Um, I'd love to have any kind of conversations like that or answer any questions on, on the podcast. I don't need to take the podcast over from my book, but it'll be cool. So um, we also welcome any and all of your uh, questions uh, about this, the Gospels or Christianity or any kind of faith or spirituality questions. You can send those all your questions to us at uh, faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. You can also get to us through the website, myfaith2go.org, or direct message us on Instagram at faith2go. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I was, I'm excited that that is happening, and I'd love to hear from anybody that reads it and that resonates with the material. So that would be really cool. Um, Speaking of uh, Instagram, like I did just before, uh, we did another one of our weekly Instagram polls, which you can find uh, every week on our Instagram story. I put up a a, a part of the gospel and then a question for your uh, vote or uh, input. Sometimes it's a it's a voting question. Sometimes it's you know putting in your answer to a question. This week, you know, remember last week was Jesus saying, "I didn't come to bring." Uh, peace to the earth, but division and fire, and how he wishes it was already kindled. So uh, the question this past week was, are division and conflict a necessary part of being human? And in a stunning display of uh, uni- unity, everyone said yes. It was 100% yes, uh, which I thought was so- kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess it says that the one thing that everybody can agree on is that sometimes we're going to disagree. Right. <laughs> That's right. And that, like, based on this gospel, uh, Jesus is saying that we, we, don't get to, we don't get to get out of conflict and division. Not only do we not get to get out of it, but it is a valid and vital part of our spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So thanks, everybody, for taking part in our Instagram poll. Uh, Make sure to check those out every week. I will both put the poll up and then share the uh, response uh, and outcome the next day so you'll always get to see uh, what the final tally was. Um, But we need to get to the gospel for this week so we can put up another Instagram poll next week. Uh, This week, like I said at the top of the podcast, is proper 16 in year C, Luke's year. We are... Now into chapter 13, and so Charlotte is going to read the gospel, which is Luke 13, 10 through 17, and then we are each going to uh, take a, a few minutes to highlight a point from the gospel that we hope you take into your week of faith discussions and or personal reflections. Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. 
Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he, said, when he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. All right. So, uh, an interesting gospel this week. This cool. We we know of the. We've discussed before the story of the woman that uh, had had a hemorrhage for twelve years. Um, this is a different story than that, and sh- this woman has been crippled, or as the gospel, the Greek says, has had a spirit of infirmity for eighteen years. So she's kind of like been doubled over. That's what the. That's what the word crippled means in, in the Greek. It's like bent over, bowed down. So she's kind of been hunched over and in, and in pain and bound in that way for 18 years. So so Maya has the yep. first point. Well, I just really appreciate in this gospel how Jesus is pushing back against the, um, the keepers of the law because he says, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water. Um, when they, you know, denounced the fact that he was healing on the Sabbath and violating this holy law. And I think it really speaks to the, I guess, when a law is instituted, because the Sabbath is good, like, and Charlotte will talk more about that later. But when a good law or good, um, just any good thing really is used in a really prescriptive way um, by social forces or political forces in which case, or religious forces that everyone must keep the Sabbath the same way that everyone must rest the same way um, that it can be really harmful and not, not only harmful, but he's just pointing out the hypocrisy of, well, no, you actually do break this law just on a smaller scale than what I had done. And, and these things that are good ultimately when they're used as kind of like, prescriptive, um, authoritarian, and kind of just blanketly, I don't know, enforced in a blanket, you know, prescriptive type of way, a panaceatic type way even, Mm. then that can be harmful and kind of stray from the original intention. So you'll actually be going out of your way um, to do something, to to not break the Sabbath. And what is so much more life-giving and transformative for all of us is if we discern how we might keep this holy law. And that's not only just with like the Sabbath, but, you know, different spiritual topics about, you know, how will I love God? And, you know, and it can be decisions about like our worship and just really what makes us feel that we are serving God, that 
we are stepping into a really like intimate relationship with him that is just as unique as we are. Um, so, yeah, and I like in the like you said before the the thing that Jesus is getting into into here is a is a constant underlying refrain and and perspective from which he's teaching and speaking from, which is that he's he's challenging the idea that these the laws and in this case the Sabbath is a means is the end in itself that that the whole point of the law is to keep the law and instead of and what and why I think he's trying to to show people and to teach is that the law or in this case the Sabbath is a means to an end and not the end in itself so that the the end is our own the point of of the Sabbath is to is to try to be a tool for our own spiritual growth and the transformation of suffering and our own healing and our own growth and formation as individuals and as followers of Christ and as people in relationship to God, and and that just serving the law or serving the Sabbath is not the intention. That we're we're mixing up the end with the means to a different end, and that He's always right. kind of inviting a recognition of how those things actually work towards a greater outcome than their own than themselves. Right. It's a guide, right? Like it, it's a guide that informs how we live our lives and that when we take things too literally, um, that we, it's like trying to paint everything with the same brush. If you never wash the brush off, if you constantly just dip and paint and dip and paint, everything starts to look the same and you lose the nuance that Maya is alluding to in this passage If we try to say that Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath and doing nothing on the Sabbath is what really matters, then you miss out on all of the things that you're not seeing and that you're not living into the actual Sabbath. It's important to rinse the brush. It's important to let each of the colors represent themselves and see all the shades in a painting. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that um, what Maya said leads really nicely into what I wanted to talk about today, which was Jesus was grouched for healing on the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was traditionally kept in Jewish time. In the Jewish faith, it's Friday through Saturday. But less important than when you keep a Sabbath is how you keep a Sabbath. So way back, way back in Isaiah even, we hear that the Sabbath is supposed to be a delight. And I love that phrase so much when it comes to Sabbath because it really speaks to the joy that we get to experience when we take time and we set it apart, when we set it apart from our regular lives. So then as I considered that and I started thinking, all right, well, how do you keep Sabbath as a family when life doesn't always work that same way? And we have to realize as parents that we model the importance of setting time apart, of keeping a Sabbath, and that how we choose to do that in our lives will inform how our children do it. And then it also spills over onto everyone around us, our work colleagues, our friends, everyone we come into interaction with. So what I came to in all of this is what does it mean to keep Sabbath? Okay, well, it means stop working. This one's really hard for me, and I'm just going to own that because I love what I do. So the temptation to check email, work Mm -hmm. on programs, continue doing what I'm doing is ever-present. It's an underwriting current of who I am as a person. So I consider it 
a spiritual discipline on Thursday afternoon when I'm leaving the office that I turn off my email alerts on my phone and I don't turn them back on until Saturday morning. So on Friday, if you email me, you are not going to get a response because I'm not going to know that it's going to come in and I'm not going to consciously log in to check it. So I set that time apart um, as a discipline and an opportunity to, that leads to my next thing, which is Sabbath to me also means you need to connect to your people. So in our day and age, the reality is that for families, that kids have things on the Sabbath, whether that's Sunday, whether you choose to keep your Sabbath on a Saturday. For me, my Sabbath is on a Friday because that's my day off. But the reality is schedules have gotten so big that the idea of having a day where there is nothing is physically impossible. And that goes back to what Maya was saying about nuance and rules. So if there's things on this Sabbath, then how do you keep it? Well, keeping the Sabbath doesn't mean that we lie around in bed all day. It just means that we are consciously present to what we are doing. So if there are events, keep them. Just be present at that event and connected. Don't rush from thing to thing, but hold the spirit of Sabbath in all that you do. I like to think that Jesus was, in this passage, I like to think that Jesus was able to keep the spirit of Sabbath because he offered healing to the woman in this passage. If he hadn't been fully present, honoring Sabbath, not distracted by work, would he have been in tune to her need? If he had been instead caught up in the work and all of the other things, he might have overlooked her suffering. Yeah, and I like there's there's something about the way this the order of events in this story that's interesting to me because it says that Jesus, when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, "Woman, you are set free from your ailment." Or and in and the Greek is like, "You have been set free from your ailment." It's like it's already happened. It's like Jesus right. is present to so present in this moment that he not only sees this woman that I'm sure everyone else for 18 years has looked past or not or tried to not notice maybe but that he recognizes that there is healing for her already and then mm-hmm. and then in laying and then in laying his hands on her she stands up but it doesn't say and then he laid his hands on her and said you're you're you have been set free it's woman you are set free from your ailment and then he lays his hands on her so there's this like interesting Jesus' presence is giving us a, a window into into something like that is deeper that is happening here that isn't just simply uh, Jesus laying on hands and healing someone. It seems like Jesus is kind of like getting in tune and being present mm-hmm. with what the healing that is already happening, that the healing that's already going on, and then taking part in that healing. Um, so that kind of goes into my point, the third point for today. Uh, which is also about this interaction that Jesus has uh, with the with the religious authorities here, um, and it's it's interesting because Jesus there's this word um, this word in Greek desmos, which is the word that they're using for her being like her being sick or, but it's not just sick. It's like it's a word that means about to be to be like bound or chained or imprisoned um, when it says at the end uh, that she has been set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. It means she has set, been set free from this bond, 
from from chains, from imprisonment. And it's like, and so it's, those are such interesting words to me. And the way that Jesus describes uh, this this woman, a daughter of Satan, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years. This idea of this bondage of her, like inability to break free from this one, this position that she has been in. It it really feels like she is embodying. She is showing with her body and incarnating what oppression like looks like. That idea of being mm-hmm. bound, of bondage, of of non-freedom, of imprisonment, and so, which so that it, it, Jesus here is not just not just talking about like a physical healing, but like a spiritual freeing of this person, as well as a physical freeing of this person, and and that the the, the religious authorities here are saying to Jesus, like they have a, a perfectly good, reasonable, logical argument. They're saying Jesus, you know, like. We're trying to keep the Sabbath thing here, and there's like there's six other days of the week that you could have been doing this. You know, there's like you could do it tomorrow, and no one would have an issue. So couldn't why couldn't you just why can't you just wait for tomorrow? There's six there's plenty of other days in the week to do this healing to set this person free, and they say so they're saying after after like after eight this woman's been doing this for a long time after 18 years what's one more day of being bound and jesus is saying it is ever, like one more day is and it might as well be an eternity it might as well be mm-hmm. another 18 years there's yep. no such thing as waiting for freedom from oppression there's no such there while the argument might be seem logical and reasonable if it doesn't happen right now then it is not the kingdom of God. Like that, that, right. that Jesus is living into what the Sabbath means, like we were talking about, is that the Sabbath is about healing. The Sabbath is about freedom. The Sabbath mm-hmm. isn't about the Sabbath. That what Jesus is doing is doing the work of the Sabbath on the Sabbath. Uh, and, and so it, to me, it like really gets into this idea that, our, that, uh, that freedom from bondage and oppression cannot wait. And it makes me think of this, this uh, Ibram X. Kendi is a historian and a history professor at, uh, at uh, American University in Washington, D.C. He actually taught for a while at the University of Florida, which is my alma mater, Go Gators. And he, um, <laughs> he wrote a book called Stamped from the Beginning, uh, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas in America. And he goes through like the whole history of, of racist thought in America. And there's plenty of people that kind of were in this middle ground, like that seemed to be against uh, slavery, but their arguments were to like to do like a slow freeing of slaves that that if everybody was freed at the same time, you know, there's reasons for us to do it slowly. And this that line of thought made it all. Had, still exists today and was especially prevalent in the civil rights movement where people right. in response to Martin Luther King Jr. were saying, you know, yeah, these are, we agree with all of this, but let's do it slowly. And even now we, we can think of plenty of reasons to, at, the, at least the privileged among us can take, can think of plenty of reasons to not take part in the active work of freeing people from oppression. But in all of those circumstances, Jesus' response to, to any and all of those is, no, it cannot wait for any reason. There is not a single good reason in the kingdom of heaven. 
to allow well, oppression for any time longer than it needs to be. And, it, and then it never needs to be. Right. Uh, so I think that's uh, three points. One, two, three, yeah. Wow, one, two, three. So uh, to recap, uh, we had point number one was from Maya. And it was about uh, the importance of recognizing the nuance that are in any and all of these like ritual actions and laws that we have as part of either as our as part of our faith tradition, and to recognize that Jesus is in, inviting us to a deeper understanding, a deeper nuance, and not confusing the ends to the means to those ends. Uh, number two was Char- Charlotte's, and it was about keeping the Sabbath and the ways that we can keep the Sabbath in our own lives, especially by being present and remaining connected to people in the midst of the things that we may need to do on those Sabbath days. And then number three was mine, and it was about um, Jesus's uh, emphasis on how uh, freedom uh, from oppression and from suffering cannot wait, uh, no matter what the circumstances, and his call for us to be active in that freeing of, of people. So, uh, Charlotte is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new after hearing that conversation this time through. Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of the faith to go podcast uh, for the week of August 25th, proper 16 in year C. Um, make sure to go check out all of those faith to go resources at www.myfaith2go.org to help you in your uh, week of faith discussion and personal reflection. Uh, make sure to go uh, check out our Instagram at faith to go. Follow us. Uh, take part in those weekly Uh, Instagram polls. Uh, Send us any of your questions, comments, or uh, stories from your week of faith discussion, either through Instagram or through the website or to faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. If you want, I would love it if you uh, checked out my book, uh, The Beautiful Letdown, An Addict's Theology of Addiction. You can find it on Amazon uh, or Barnes & Noble or whipandstock.com. And, you know, send me some of your thoughts. I want to know what you think. Um, and then go make sure and rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. And until next week, please say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everybody.